Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Holy Shenanigans listeners. In light of the violent events on January 6th, I've been thinking about peace and how it is attained. There are lots of songs about peace, but one that stands out to me today is Let There Be Peace on Earth. Jill Jackson Miller wrote the song after a dark period of depression, after discovering the life-saving joy of God's peace and unconditional love. Something I'm noticing about peace is that it doesn't just appear like magic when we want it. It requires intention and action to come to life. The apt phrase chanted in the pursuit of racial justice comes to my mind, no justice, no peace. So let's think together today about where and what peace calls us to start and take action for. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. This week's episode is called A Deep Dive for Peace. In church world, we're in the season of Epiphany, and we're hearing stories from the Bible that show us something about Jesus. Madeline Langle says this about the season of showing, or manifest, in her poem, Epiphany. Unclench your fists, hold out your hands, take mine, let us hold each other, thus is his glory manifest. When I hear Madeline's words, It makes me wonder how a showing or an unclenching of fists so that we can hold each other's hands might be a clue in the pursuit for peace. Last week's Bible story was found in the book of Mark 1, and it tells a brief account of Jesus' baptism. 
Not long ago, I spoke of this animal skin-wearing, bug-and-honey-eating John the Baptist, and this is his story, too. In this lesson, John does exactly what his name implies, and he baptizes Jesus. John speaks of the impact Jesus' life will have. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so, John dunks Jesus into the murky waters of the Jordan and then brings him back up, baptized. A voice from the heavens says, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the showing or manifest moment of this story. This week in John 1, we hear about Nathaniel struggling to understand how anything good, meaning Jesus, could come from a little town like Nazareth, and says so just out of earshot of him. After seeing Nathaniel from a distance, Jesus greets Nathaniel. And when Nathaniel meets Jesus, he's astounded that he knows who he is. Nathaniel knowing that he was known and greeted by Jesus, is convinced that Jesus is more than he first thought. Jesus, seeing the surprise on Nathaniel's face, assures him that this is just the beginning of seeing things that have never happened before. Jesus shows Nathaniel who he is. When Nathaniel meets Jesus, he learns that someone and something good can and does come from Nazareth. He also learns that the status quo of his life is no longer the status quo. Jesus starts to show Nathaniel who he is, and the manifest story of Epiphany continues. Until we've reached the end of this Epiphany season, you should know that these manifest stories will showcase different points in Jesus' life, that they show or reveal more about who Jesus is as well as what he's called to do. Sometimes we can have this idea that Jesus, the Son of God, came into his calling knowing exactly how to do everything he was called to do, that somehow Jesus, fully God and fully human, had every little thing all figured out, that Jesus, while set apart for a distinct calling, did not have to go through a process of growth. But as I read the manifest accounts of Jesus, I'm comforted hearing him say, there is more to come for Jesus, for John, for Nathaniel, and me. I'm convinced that Jesus' life was a process, just like ours is a process. So when it comes to the terrible realities of violence, of hatred, and racism, how do we, with the help of God's love and grace, Take the needed deep dive for real peace. I have a feeling that peace does not happen in the wave of a magic wand. Peace is a process, a process that requires listening, unlearning, practice, forgiveness, and lots and lots of repetition. Another word from Madeline Langle about manifest and change. She says, I've learned that there will always be a next time, and that I will submerge into darkness and misery, but that I won't stay submerged. And each time, something has been learned under the waters, something has been gained, and a new kind of love has grown. Change, growth, waiting, process, all these things seem to take their good old time, don't they? 
waiting, you see, is not a natural gift of mine. I was a very energetic and impatient child. I would ask my parents, how long will it take to get there? You could fill in the blank with whatever might take more than a moment to accomplish. And after asking this question, how long will it take? One too many times, my dad would say, Rome wasn't built in a day. To which I would respond, well, how long did it take? Growth, change, waiting, process, like five-year-old me wondering exactly how long it would take to build Rome. It's not easy to work through a process for peace. And it's even harder if that process involves other people. The process of changing the isms of our broken world require what again? Oh, yes. Confession, listening, intention, unlearning, learning again, practice, reparations, forgiveness, and lots and lots of repetition. This list of peace-provoking action brings me to my own holy shenanigans story about my baptism. There was a conflict around my baptism. I was nine years old when I was baptized. In the tradition that I was raised, you had to be 12 years old to be baptized, or at least to consider the invitation. By the rules, I was too young. But there was a person at my church who was 12 that wanted to be baptized. They checked the box for the age, but there was something holding them back. They were afraid of water. They didn't know how to swim. The mere idea of water being splashed on their face was terrifying, let alone being dunked under the water three times. This person was not a Sunday school friend. This person was my older sister, Heather. For Heather, this fear of water was a war that she had fought forever. She was a person who overflowed in faith, and she wanted to be baptized. But the water itself was a source of distress. My family wrestled with this challenge. What could the solution be? This would require all of us to undergo a process of growth and change. I started to wonder if there was company, if there was some togetherness in this difficult place, if my sister would agree to be baptized. And so I asked her, what if we ask if I can be baptized on the same day as you? Would that help this be better for you? My sister agreed, and we went to my parents, and they agreed it was a good idea. And then they went to my pastor, and they agreed. And then we had to go to the church council to ask our question. My sister at 12 and me at nine years old went to the church council to answer questions as to why we wanted to be baptized. So we told this room full of adults our peacemaking plan of doing our baptism together. While the rules said that we both had to be 12 years old to be baptized, this group of adults listened, they considered, and they decided to say yes. A baptism date was set. The baptismal gowns were chosen. The fount, which looked like a giant bathtub behind the altar of the church, was filled with water. And we, our pastor, my sister and I, stepped into that font. It was decided ahead that I would go first to show my sister that all would be okay. 
that I would go under the water, but I would come up again. We stepped into the font together with my sister, and the pastor carefully wrapped their arm around my back as I used my hands to plug my nose. I heard the words of my pastor say, In the name of the Father, dunk. In the name of the Son, dunk. In the name of the Holy Spirit, dunk and raised back up, I baptize you. My sister followed suit, and I stood by her side and assisted as she was baptized. I tell you all these details about our baptism, not just because I remember these details. I tell you about my baptism because it reminds me that justice is a process, that peace is a process, that change is a process, that whether or not you've been baptized, this story has something to teach us about finding a way from conflict to peace. In our shared baptism, a new kind of love grew in our relationship with each other and with our community. We took a deep dive seeking peace together. Peace comes through steps that don't look exciting or dramatic as we'd like. Peace comes in consistent everyday actions of justice and mercy. Peace comes from a process of listening and talking and working with one another. Peace work must be inspired by compassion for others, for our global siblings. This empowers the work and the process that is long, frustrating, and daunting. Peace requires us to go under the deep waters of conflict because each time something has been learned under the waters, something has been gained, and a new kind of love has grown. Some questions to ask about this work for peace. Conflicts aren't resolved by a wave of a magic wand. Conflicts require the slow and daily deep diving to seek justice and work for peace. How do you feel about this long process of peacemaking? Do you wish it could be built in a day like I do sometimes? Remember our friend Nathaniel who asked questions of Jesus. He didn't know where his journey was going to take him, but he was willing to give it a try. He was willing to seek out some good where he least expected to find it. This week, what can you do to make a deep dive for mercy? for justice and peace right where you live. Perhaps you need a peace-pursuing partner to help you along the way. Nathaniel had Jesus, so who are you going to ask? You never know. Maybe we'll discover, just like Nathaniel, that there is way more to come in the peacemaking call of God. It's time to go to the deep end, my friends. A poem to help us in our deep dive into peace. Water, fear, conflict, war. Why do we try this fight alone? We think we know everything, but we don't. We think peace can be won in an instant, but it can't. Why can't this be easy? Water, fear, conflict, war. What if I start with me and work towards we? We know we don't know everything, but we know something. We know peace is needed now but wait to seek it. Let's let go of easy. Let us hold on to each other. 
Let's dive deep, go slowly into the depths so that we can rise together. My name is Tara, and this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Unpredictable Spiritual Adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Let there be peace on earth. It's time for the deep dive together. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.